What is this behavior? Do you want it? You're dying for it. Good evening, afternoon or morning and welcome to the What Is This Behaviour podcast. I'm Almas Badat and I'm one third of the What Is This Behaviour crew alongside Aaron Christian and Ruben Christian. In the What Is This Behaviour camp, we're all for intersectionality and recognition of a crossover of our South Asian heritage into global culture. And so it's my pleasure to introduce Jonah Batumzi, founder of the community building media platform, The Blindian Project. Aaron, Ruben, Jonah and I explore Jonah's own experience of dating a South Asian partner and why it's important to build bridges between black and brown communities through the pain as well as love. Wherever you're from and wherever you are in the world, I hope some of the major themes around race, culture and love in this episode resonate with you. Let's get into it. What is this behaviour? And we are rolling and we have got Jonah in the house of Blindian Project. Welcome, welcome. Thank you, thank you, thank you for having me today. (laughs) Yes, I can hear you. Yeah, Yeah, I'm uh, here, I'm here. (laughs) We're all here, we're all here. (laughs) It's an early morning recording for all of us, actually, so that's why I've got my Barry White um, version of my tone on today. I had a mad long (laughs) shoot yesterday. I was up for five, so yeah, excuse me. Till Um, 5 a.m.? This morning? No, well, no, no. I got we up started at five, and then we finished at around. Oh. Like, I, d- I didn't only got back into London around like nine. So, um, gotcha. Yeah, it's a long Them one. ones, yeah. Like we know humble. those shifts. We know those shifts. <laughs> <laughs> humble brag. That's passion. Hashtag That's passion. <laughs> Talking about passions, Jonah. You are the founder. That was a beautiful you segue. <laughs> Jeez, I, I, it would have been smooth. <laughs> I am the founder. You I am the founder. founder of this of this crazy uh, project Whoa. called the Blendian Project. Yes, I am. Jeez, a round of applause for that. Let's go. Come on, community like weaver. Jeez, yeah, no big ups because you know it's not easy to bring together community. What you're doing is inspiring people to share their stories, connect in a time when, well, the past two years we haven't been able to connect in real life. Um, so welcome and thank you so much for being part of the community. No, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for acknowledging that as well, too. I, um, uh, sometimes it's a very lonely space. You know, there, there are people who are doing moves in, um, you know, their own respective communities, but I don't feel like there's mm. a lot of, um, intersectional, um, work to, to bring us together. So, um, you know, it's lonely sometimes, but it's, it's a privilege as mm. well, too, to, to be in this space, you know? I love yeah. that. I love the, that you've mentioned the intersectionality and the crossover. And I definitely want to come back to that. Um, for those, for, for our listeners and for, well, our listeners and your listeners and anyone new that's joined the conversation, can you give us a quick lowdown on what the Blindian Project is and where it began? Yeah, so the Blindian Project is a, um, it's a, it's a media platform. It's a, it's a global community um, for black and, and South Asian people. Um, it, it, it's really a extension, um, of, of my life. So, um, not to go too far back, but my, my parents are from Uganda, um, and they fled Uganda in, uh, 75 because of Idi Amin. Um, and then we, we grew up in, uh, the Midwest. So I grew up in a, in a very kind of rural white community because we moved away from Chicago. Um, and um, just 
uh, I will say struggled kind of with identity. I mean, not only was mm. I, um, you know, one of the, the few uh, black children in the class, but, you know, I was, uh, I was Ugandan, so I had the, the African name. And my last name is Batumzi. So every morning uh, in roll call, I was at the very front of the, the class. And I don't know if they do that here, <laughs> but, you know, you know, when they're going yeah, through and they're saying everybody's name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so, yeah. So, so my surname is uh, Batumzi, so I was very, very front. And I mean, thinking back now, we'd, get, we'd go through the whole year and the teacher still wouldn't be able to um, pronounce my name. So, um, so that's yeah, mad, so I, um, <laughs> say it again. I said, that's crazy because like you think about it now, obviously it's such like there's a spotlight on, on people doing the work and actually taking time to understand, you know, different, the way to pronounce different cultural names and stuff. But yeah, back then you probably just took it on the chin. and was like, okay, she's never going to understand it, but. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And I would have been like eight or nine, you know what I mean? You're still trying to figure out how to speak up for yourself. And um, mm. like, like you just rightly said, like the whole um, identity as a whole, wasn't um, what it is, what it is now and have the importance that it does now. So, um, so I, um, I then uh, went to university in, um, in Chicago and, and I played basketball. And when my eligibility ran out, I just wanted to take an adventure. I wanted to, um, I wanted to be a student. I wanted to go to parties. I wanted to meet people. So I decided <laughs> to study abroad. And I studied abroad in um, Dublin, Ireland. And that's oh, where wow. I met my wife, Sveta, um, who is Telugu. She's from a place called Guntur in, um, in South India. So um, I had probably, I'd, I'd, I'd studied or I, I knew like a handful of, of South Asian or Indian people, um, never really had any intimate conversations with them. So mm. Sveta was like my first, like my first encounter, real encounter, intimate encounter, shall we say, which is, which is crazy thinking about it now. Um, you know, I, I didn't know what Diwali was. Um, I um, hadn't really met any um, uh, Muslim people or anything like that. You know what I mean? So um, it, was, it was just crazy thinking back to, to where I was from, to, to, to meeting her. And it just really opened up my eyes to um, a, a much bigger world, whether that's, um, you know, culturally or um, re religiously, spiritually. Um, and it just, just really sent me on this, uh, me and us on this journey. Um, we were married seven years later, six years later. Um, and, um, I just remember at the wedding, like the aunties were like telling me, they're like, you know, we, we know other couples <laughs> like you. And I was like, what, what are they talking? What's, she, what's auntie talking about? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I didn't think anything of it. And I didn't think anything of it. And it was like, probably I'd say 10 years until we actually saw another couple that looked like us or resembled us. So ten years. Wow. Yeah, ten years. Ten years. Well, ten years. Where were you guys, I, Jonah? Was time. you based in in Ireland? Sorry, was you at no, this no, no, time? No, no. So, you still um, based in Ireland. So yeah. when I came over, we were in in Manchester. I was in Manchester for three okay. years. We were in um, uh, West Midlands for a couple of years, and then uh, we came to Peterborough in 2014. Um, but no, I did. I didn't see. I we didn't see any couples that. Um, you know, resembled our, our our makeup. You know, they were they were yeah, white yeah, Indian yeah. or South Asian couples, but um, mm. nothing like us. So, I remember we had we had two kids at the time. It's 2017, and uh, we're traveling back to um, to India for the first time with the kids. And um, I read this Al Jazeera article, and it was about African students getting um, beaten up by street oh, mobs. I saw in, I that. Yeah, I was, yeah, I in, saw that as well. In Noida. 
Yeah, in Noida. Um, and, and I'd been to Uganda and stuff, and I had seen, like, I had seen street mobs, like, in action, and it's just, like, mm. a crazy mental energy. Um, and so I was, like, I was, you know, I was like, damn. And, yeah. and, and that was really my kind of search and my exploration for, um, I guess, all of the, the challenges and struggles and, and things that a lot of people go through. I'd never thought about um, anti-blackness from that angle. I, I knew nothing about the caste system. So this was my, um, my exploration. Um, and, and I, and I started just going back, I started journaling in, in 2001, because I, I very much wanted to share my experiences with, um, with friends that I knew would never leave the States. And, um, and, uh, so like the, the Blindian project was very much like, a will call it a campaign, but it was just like, my own exploration. So I had seen a couple couples online and um, I just basically reached out to them and asked if they want to share their story. And that's how it started. Wow. wow. <laughs> it's a real story and it's really connected to your personal journey as well. hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. 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 There, it's like a life a extension. When you say life extension, does that does that also mean like it's an extension of the legacy you're going to leave behind? Yeah, I mean that's a that's a that's a great point to it as well too. I think a lot of my work because you know people are asking all the time like, is this your full time mm. thing? Is this your full time thing? And it's like, um, no, it isn't. But you know, I would love for it to be because I think we find mm. ourselves, um, you know, navigating life and you know working crazy hours doing all these things, and at the end of the day a lot of them uh, are never archived. So there's no mm. knowledge of our existence or our input to that, mm. to that thing that gets created. So, um, you know, I feel like, um, like I'm, I'm impacting, well, I know I'm impacting people's lives because they're telling me, right. And, and they're writing yeah. and, and people are, are, are volunteering and spending their time with, with no monetary um, uh, transaction um, because they they believe in the work and they believe in in in, in what it can do. Mm. And what is that importance of that crossover intersectionality? That sort of is the is your underbelly really in the fuel. What's the importance? Well, yeah. So we have two kids. Um, so our kids are going to you know grow up navigating both communities. I know other people who are adults and and share that experience and. You know, oftentimes, um, you know, have 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 challenges um, and, and struggles that they try to to deal with. So, um, it, it's about letting them know and and trying to make them comfortable um, in, in who they are. And I, I think one thing people often forget is like, even if you look throughout history, whether it's um, you know, England in the in the '60s and the '70s when you know people, you know, Windrush happened and and people were coming over from uh, from South Asia and stuff like we, we accomplished a lot of things by working together, you know, um, mm. if you, even if you look at South Africa and apartheid and things like that, like there've been times when we haven't stuck to our own communities, but we've, you know, worked together to, to bring about change. And, um, I think it's just about trying to, uh, resuscitate that, that feeling. Yeah. And elevate that. And I guess celebrate that. Yeah, I want to add a quick, quick question. Just before you jumped on, um, Amos made a really beautiful comment. She, we were kind of going through your Instagram again, and she said something like just came out, and it was like, wow, there's so much joy on the page, so much expression of joy on the page. Um, when the when the, 
the community find what you do, your project? Are they often like, and, and they interact with you? Is it from a place of pain or joy? Because I think like I was previously in um, a relationship for eight years. Uh, my ex was from Grenada. And I think a lot of whenever we did find another couple that were similar from you know, South Asian and <laughs> black back, background, yeah. we're always like, there's this joy, but there's also like, all the struggles that you connect with you're like yeah. yeah this is difficult and and shit you experience this and and like how how does your community engage with you and what was the there's a first level of engagement yeah it's um sorry just that feeling you're talking about it's like you know when you're um you know when you're like in a really white space and you see a person of color and you give them like a few steps towards the eyes. You know what? It's anything longer than three seconds of eye contact and you know that person's on side. Yeah. That's it. You don't, sometimes you don't even need the introduction. You just sit down next to them and get straight into it. You don't need uh, a name for about three hours. <laughs> it's such a beautiful you know thing though. To find yeah. for someone in the room, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but what I was going to say. Trauma bonding, don't piss me off. <laughs> the end part of it is, is, it, is, is that head nod is like times 10 when it's another, oh, yeah. like... And like all of a sudden y'all are just like you know it's one of those encounters when you're, you're mm. always you're always exchanging information at the, at the end of the meeting it's like, but um, if you no, can I matrix, it's, it's if you can matrix that, yeah. there's deco you can decode it. There's so much information in that one nod, man. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> because I think um, <laughs> I think one thing that's um, like I, I think so many people who are in um these relationships or been in them, like you spend so much time on the fringes or in that gray area um that you, you can't talk to your friends about it. You can't speak to your parents about it. Mm. So you're like, damn, who can I speak to this about? And then you finally meet yeah. somebody who understands. You're like, damn, you know what I mean? And you're just yeah, like yeah. telling stories and just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're just, you're just finding that, that, um, that comfort zone. So, um, and, and for a lot of people, like, um, I mean, even like creatively, right. Sometimes we create stuff like, because, you know, we've been, um, we've been impacted by something, right? And so you're like, I want to tell that story, right? You want somebody else to be able to um, feel what you have felt or you want you want to release somebody, mm. right? You want somebody yeah. else to feel like they're not alone, right? And so, because um, a lot of the stories, they're, they like you say, they are traumatic. Um, they are, um, you, know, you know, it's not, not all of them are happy. Some of them are happy, which is, which is beautiful because that shows the flip side of it, right? They don't have to be issues. They don't have to always sure. be problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But then there are other ones where it's like, okay, like I, I've told about this situation and it's like they've released so many other people who have been locked up in that space and thought that mm. no one else was like them and that they're an alien, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is Did... it. Is there some... Oh, go on, Rubes. Firing off. Oh, cheers, Almas. Yeah, when when you... When you were first thinking about starting it, Jonah, the Blindian project, was it, did it come from more a pain point? So going back to what Aaron said, so my question is about the start of it. For you, was it hard navigating yeah. being in a relationship with a South Asian person as a black man? Yeah. So for me, like there was no, there was never a threat of um, disownment or, um, right. uh, yeah, there, there was no disownment um, or like mm -hmm. threatened to her. For me, it was more, um, uh, it was more the process, right? Because <clears throat> I came from a culture where you could be dating from 12, 13, 14, right? There's no, 
there's no one's thinking anything of it, right? So mm. you you could have a girlfriend and your parents could meet the girlfriend. Um, and then six months later, they could meet another girlfriend, right? There's never yeah. any question or expectation. Sure, are, yeah. you gonna, are you going to marry? Are you guys going to get married? Like that's never on yeah. the cards, right? Um, and so the flip side of that was um, meeting Sveta, who, um, you know, you're going to introduce that person that you are going to get married to. Mm. Right. So for me, the the process of, you know, you get to a point, um, and especially coming from the States and just being a black man in general and things like that, like it's like, okay, now there's another space by which I'm not formally accepted, right? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and so for and so for me, it was more like Jeez, it, for me, and, and like I was saying, like, um I I didn't know anything about the culture before meeting her. So mm. um, it's not like I was, I knew about what the relationships were like and, and you know, these tensions and things like that. Um, so for me, it was just, um, I guess, kind of coming to terms with myself that, you know, it wasn't personal or anything against me. It was just, that's just how the way things were. Yeah. Yeah. And, and kind of leading on to that now, like the, like as, as the project's grown and stuff, have you, because personally now I've just, I've seen so many more cl couples of in that space and um, yeah. Are you seeing it progress so much more in terms of like, it's more open? Like I think, yeah, I, you know, last time I was in that relationship was over 10 years ago. And, it, and I, I, like I said, I couldn't find that many couples, mm. but I'm seeing it. I don't know if that's just social and how society has moved and, and there's just like a magnifying glass on, on, on the world now and globalization, but how is it from, your community how are you seeing that yeah i think um so just visibly seeing it uh, like always helps um normalize it which is you know one of the kind of main things that we wanted to initially do is is, is normalize the relationships and um i think it's kind of like that you know when you're intentional about something you just start seeing that stuff all over the place right so if you're yeah, thinking about yeah, like yeah, uh yeah, yeah, yeah. uh if, I'm not even a car person, but if you're thinking about a car, all of a sudden you start seeing <laughs> yeah, all these yeah, cars. Seeing them road. everywhere, yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? Confirmation bias kicks in. Yeah. So I think it, it, it's kind of one of those um, mm. for me. Um, and um, yeah, just, um, it, yeah, it's just crazy. Uh, just being intentional about things. And um, the, the, the crazy thing is like, um, you know, because I'm, I'm in it and, and fully invested in it, um, it's you know it's it's similar for like my wife as well too so so my wife's a doctor she's an ophthalmologist and so she was speaking to someone the other day or or had some interaction with somebody who's like a consultant and the person like googled her name and was like oh i'm from you know i'm from zambia i'm you know i, I think like the mixing between mm. you know our cultures is so beautiful and stuff like that but it's so it's yeah it's being intentional and it's putting yourself in those situations but yeah I, I definitely think that um uh the visibility of it is um encouraging people to you know fight against you know traditional things and, and anti-blackness and things like that so have yeah. there have there been any particular um tips or points you've learned over the past since since the inception of um lindian project that are useful when entering the dialogue with the pushback uh yeah i mean yeah so one thing one thing that i found out that um that people were always asking was um you know how do you how do you make the introduction to your parents and stuff and that's probably like <laughs> one of the most challenging things yeah. you know whether it's um uh regardless of, of the gender or or who it is right um and so 
I was like, I just sat there and I was like, damn, you know what? There's no, this isn't documented anywhere. Like mm. nobody's written this down. I was like, it, it's not that difficult to do. All I need to do is just write down, you know what I mean? It's, it's like some PowerPoint slides mm. effectively, right? I just need 10 points, right? So I just came up with like 10 points and like um, basically turned it into like a, a, a workshop of sorts. And um and it was beautiful resource. That's cool. yeah, yeah 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 it was uh, it's offline right now but uh, <laughs> it's in the book but um mm. uh but it was so beautiful because like we had um we had a couple workshops and like like 80 people it was like on zoom because this was um this is back COVID time so we had uh like 80 people attend one of these workshops and like the the vulnerability of the people like when they were asking the questions and stuff was just amazing there was like no shame about being in that space it was just like almost like i may never be in this space again like let me let me just put all my cards on the table and one of the other amazing things about that was that um people joined from from india and they weren't in uh black and south asian relationships they were in like intercaste or interfaith relationships but right, because right. there was no space for that oh wow they thought they it was just like this was their chance you know yeah that's so great yeah. to hear it's just the space naming these tensions and if you have yeah. any sort of tension you can come there feel connected yeah but but share. yeah so and i keep on saying beautiful but um so like even though it spawned from um because <clears throat> it's based around love right um and intentionally based around love and relationships which is which is great because everybody knows what it's like to to feel loved or be loved or to want love so um like I, that felt like a, a a good starting point but um like one of the great things that we've seen as well too is like you, you don't even have to be in a relationship with um you, know, you don't have to be in a blending relationship like there's so many different threads and um you know through points about about this that um is a great thing it's just about our communities right it's about um addressing mm -hmm. things and having conversations that um that don't happen in the mainstream right and don't happen um from a particular perspective um and yeah. it's it's also awesome as well too is because i feel like a lot of times that um and this goes back to what we were saying before like there's great work going on in the in the black community there's great things going on in the south asian community but you know sometimes people who haven't had that lived experience feel um uh i don't want to say awkward but you feel a certain way about trying to talk about or engage with that other that other the, the other culture right because you don't know if you're going to be wrong no right yeah, 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 yeah well we have a yeah. we have a culture at the moment where sometimes there's shame attached to not knowing or saying the wrong thing yeah um which yeah. can be silencing in in you know as in the chain effect yeah yeah. And so a lot of us, especially like on the team, like all of us have either been in relationships or um, like at some point in time in our lives. And so we we, we feel open about, you know, talking about these things. Um, and that's kind of to the to the intersectionality point. So um, it, it's just, um, yeah, it's just great to great to be here. You know what? It feels to me like I've been in interracial interracial relationships near enough all my life to be honest and trying to have the conversation and I don't know if we brought this up on a previous pod but trying to have the conversation with my parents at times has been quite tricky because sometimes they'd actually just even divert the whole conversation because they're not willing to mm. have it like I remember that mm. man like a, a part of me 
would think that if now I was trying to have that conversation with my parents, the first thing I would do, maybe this is just a facilitator in me kicking in, but I would ask my <laughs> parents about their black friends for like half an hour. Mm. Like good black, for like, how's your good black friend at church? Mm. And they'll be like, yeah, they're great. How's their daughter? Are oh, they great? Oh, that's interesting because I'm with someone that's like their daughter. <laughs> and, just, and just see where they would go. Because sometimes mm. you, they, it's like... Yeah. Old they will catch themselves. They'll there. catch yeah. themselves, right, mm. with these contradictions that they hold. On one side, yes, there's a love for humanity regardless of race, right? But then in certain moments when it comes to like when push comes to shove and when your child is going to make a decision about their future with another race, it's totally different. And so, yeah, no, just thinking out loud here. Yeah, about No, 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 that's a great point. It's it's true, isn't it? These contradictions are hard to manage sometimes, man. Because I, I think I was having a conversation with someone not too long ago, and they said that everyone's got a bit of racism floating around in them. And I don't know what they exactly meant by that, but I think I know. You know what I mean? Like, we all have our biases. Right. And yeah. when our buttons yeah. are pushed, they come to the forefront. And how, do we, manage, how do we manage those? And, and I don't know. No, 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 no. That, that, that's true. I don't know if it's actually racism but but right. bias i i will i will take yeah. bias right because yeah, like yeah. I, I, I myself yeah. even like through 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 the blindium project like i came across like some some biases that i had that i yeah. um like super like unconscious like i had never thought about them until i was having a conversation with with this woman and it was just like you know what like damn i like i yeah. obviously we all have biases but we don't think about them all the time right or we don't even try to explore them so yeah. yeah especially the unconscious ones right they're unconscious so it's not like we're going to be spotlighting the work time they come up in certain moments yeah and then we have to mm. question them yeah. which is the work and, and maybe that's the thing right because they because you're not putting yourself in those spaces you're not aware of them that yeah. often 100%. and so yeah and and you know i think like projects like like this is is it's not like shining a light on these problems, but it's like just bringing it into the discourse um, like in a great way. So, you know, you, you can kind of maybe like be aware of it if you go home and think about it. And you're like, oh, OK, you know, like have, have these like needed conversations, even if it's w with yourself. Um, and that's I kind of wanted to segue in, into the book um, when we see ourselves. How, how did that project come on? How, what were the obstacles about bringing a book to life from you know, from being a digital project or a community into oh, yeah. turning it into something, something physical, like tell us about uh, when we see ourselves. Yeah. Thank you. So um, that, like we were already crowdsourcing um, stories. Sorry, let me go back. Yeah. So, so all of our, all the people who are submitting their stories, it's all crowdsourced. And, and when okay. I look back at my like kind of creative um, uh, career or life, whatnot, like a, a lot of my stuff's just crowdsourced. Like I'm just asking a question to <laughs> to the interwebs or to p some people yeah. who I hope are out there and they're responding back. So um, uh, everything's crowdsourced and, um, you know, we're just we're just sharing these stories. Um, I think there have probably only been two that I've ever held back from sharing them just because it wasn't right to actually put that out there into into the world but um so the stories were always there um and it was just a matter of from there selecting and it wasn't even the best yeah. stories it's just stories mm. that give different perspectives on things um and because we didn't want it to be let's have a a book where all of the stories are talking about um uh just directly anti-blackness right we wanted you know we want a story from um um 
LGBTQ plus community. You know, we wanted a story from yeah. uh, uh, that that dealt with um, conversion. You know, um, mm. we wanted a story that dealt with um, uh, the perspective of a, of a of a black and South Asian child who's who's an adult. You know, um, yeah. so it is. It is. It's ten stories. Um, it, it basically follows a pattern. It's ten stories. Um, following those um, stories uh, is a section called um, called in the DMs because, like as you can imagine, I, 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 I love messages in the DMs. Yeah, that was cool. That. So there's a section called in the DMs, and in the DMs is either like actual DMs that I've received for people, or it was just like <laughs> conversations that I had with people that were crazy. Um, and I just wanted to, to bring them out into the open. And then after in the DMs, there's basically like a little journaling section where it asks you um, uh, a question in relation to the story that you have just read. So it could be, um, uh, what are some biases that you have about um, about Islam, Ooh. for example? <clears throat> right. Yeah. That's, like, that's, so, that's really taking it from a non, you know, like engaging the reader in, a, in another level. I love that. A hundred percent. Yeah. We, like I mean, the last thing workbook. I wanted, yeah, yeah, yeah. People have called it a workbook. The last thing I wanted it to be was like a, a, a white page kind of boring, um, boring yeah. book, you know, so it's, it's all colorful <laughs> yeah, yeah. and it, it's got graphics. It's well, got just artwork, like the cultures, got, isn't it? hundred percent. hundred percent. That's what I was thinking about. Like the cultures together are just, there's just so much energy. And I was, I was thinking to myself, I have, I made <laughs> fully, fully lit energy, colors, ideas, inspiration, movement, all of that kind of stuff is just baked into both cultures. And I have never been to a Blindian wedding. And I would. That's abs- a lie. Oh, wait a minute. That's really? a lie. That's a lie. That's a damn lie. That is a damn lie. I'm sorry. Almas is obviously offended here. I've only been Call to him. one Blindian. Ru- <laughs> Ruben, the last wedding you went to wedding. was a Blindian wedding. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Almas's brothers? Yeah. Is that the last yeah. one? Yeah. What, what, what did you say, Aaron? No, the, no, the no I said one. literally I the last oh, one you yeah, went yeah, to. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pre-pandemic. Yeah, no, um, you're right. What was your experience cancel of seeing me, that, Rubes? Did you even know <laughs> that you were um, you were entering a like Blindian space? And I'm asking oh. that because we live we live particularly in a really interracial like mix up mix up community in mm. London, specifically yeah. East and North London, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so did you know that you were stepping into an interracial relationship, wedding, marriage with so, a specifically South Asian and then African culture? This is a good question. So for context, for Jonah and for the listeners, Almas's brother got married um, to, where is, where's she? Si- Moose is from Sierra Leone and from Ghana. Si- Sierra Leone and Ghana. So, and also you guys got me to host this. So yes. I was literally, I had to do the oh. research on it and I was wearing, I was wearing, um, <laughs> I showed you wearing the print, yeah. Wearing the outfits, yeah. I tell you what, well, (laughs) firstly, being in London, which is the melting pot, it isn't unusual to see that, right? And then also, being our massive friend. To see what part? To see what? Just just to see interracial couples getting married, regardless of what the backgrounds are. And then on top of that, for anyone that knows Almas and that and her whole family, they're like mixed is not even the word. It's just Almas's family. Mm. They're just so <laughs> connected in all sorts of ways. So it wasn't unusual. But what I was thinking about, right, was the generations that were in the room. 
So I was very aware that millennials and Gen Z, this is quite normal to us. But the older, like the boomers and then the the really old lot, if they're about in the room, I'm like, okay, <laughs> they're in the room, but I'm certain there's certain tensions underlying or there's certain old school values and their isms that they're, they're unable to let go of because it's probably too far down the line for them to do that. So I was wondering what the experience was like for them. And so th- I'm going to throw the question back to both Jonah and Almas. Has it been hard to deal with the older generation and some of their pushback on these kind of ideas mm. that you guys are living and bringing to the fore? That's a great question. Um, Jonah, please, as our guest, please go first. You want me to, okay, you want me to take that yeah. first? Right, so yeah, the I, aunties yeah. and uncles, man, that are out for our blood. How do you deal with <laughs> that? Yeah, so, yeah, so I... In the bushes, man. I had a... Uh, post post COVID, we had our we had a, an event right, and it was basically I read two stories out of the um, out of the book, um, mm. and there were some aunties there and some uncles there. Um, so it, it was really interesting. Like the uncles didn't engage at all; they were there, but they did not engage. That's interesting. Um, yeah. It was it was all the aunties, um, <laughs> and not even I mean I call them aunties. Some of them are probably my age or a little older. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad but, that you've got the whole auntie uncle me, thing on auntie, lock as well. Dee Dee. Call me Dee Dee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah, they were really they were really into it. They were they were they were they were um, sharing their stories. They were um, uh, pushing back a bit. They were pushing it back a bit in the sense that you know some of this stuff isn't racism. Um, just just traditions and. Um, you know, they were op- op- open to talking about it. Um, I would say I'd probably only had one really negative um, uh, experience with an uncle. And I'm calling him an uncle, but I don't even really know the guy. Um, yeah, no, this is life for us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it was just it was just like a, a colorist comment mm. of him trying to be funny and thinking that he was funny. It was actually at a wedding. He'd probably been drinking, um, made a comment thinking he was probably being funny. Um, and it's one of those comments, you know, like it's said so quick, it's difficult to respond to it. Wow. You're like, did yeah, that yeah, just yeah. happen? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Your, your you're already feeling guilty that you didn't react quicker. And yeah, I've, uh, I've been there. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, that whole thing. But that's, that's my, that's my mm. little spiel from that. But I do think it's important to, um, to engage with, with the older community. I think that's uh, important. Um, part of I think I definitely agree. I think it's important, but sometimes I feel like it's falling on deaf ears. You know, like you're, you're, the point about the uncles, like the men, the, the old mm. patriarchy, they're like stone. You know, some of them just mm. refuse to be malleable in any sort. They don't want to listen a lot of the time. That's what that's the resistance I've come across. Anyway, sorry, Almas, mm. what's your thoughts on it? Like, how's it been for your side? Um, when um. It's hmm, interesting. When I was growing up um, and I had my first boyfriend who was from Jamaica, I remember there being like, I don't know if anyone said it, but I just remember being hyper aware that he he wasn't South Asian, he wasn't white. Hmm. And those two groups would have been easier accepted. Um, even if it was not something that was said, I felt it. Um but to sort of push back against that, my mum also grew up in Hackney, which I think really has contributed to her open mind, or mm. at least her mind that's open to learning. 
because she's always been around she comes from an education system she she thinks very creatively she's a community weaver and so because of that I think she's always been challenging herself because growing up as someone with South Asian heritage there is this tension between the the modern and the tradition right and Mm. Um, going back to your point earlier, Rubes, about, you know, everyone's got a little bit of racism in them. Is I've, There's a play, I think, in New York that I saw that was, I think it's called Everyone's a Little... Well, there's a song called Everyone's a Little Bit Racist within, like, the Sesame Street character puppet right. thingy-majig. I, I will find it. I'll, for anyone that's yeah, listening, I will come back with some like proper... Yeah, 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 it was that. And the song was Everyone's a Little Bit Racist. And ever since then, I've just been thinking <laughs> about what that... Um, what that actually means, because sometimes we see it as like an outward thing, but I've been toying with the idea of wanting to protect yourself so much that you end up alienating and isolating and hurting other people. And I think oftentimes the older gen are thinking more about preserving themselves rather than the impact they're actually creating on they had they're gripping on tighter exactly and and it doesn't have this is not to excuse it it's just i've been thinking about what their motivations are because usually what i've heard in my family isn't i don't like this group of people it's i want to preserve my culture or my religion or my whatever idea that they've got as well in their mind of like a perfect like indian family which is problematic in itself yeah 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 but human right which yeah. is which is a great point, Ruth, because what I was going to lead on to is saying that if you are coming from a loving family, then primarily the older de- gen just want to see their daughter or son happy and safe. Yep. Um, and I and I started with if your family is loving, right? Because what I found is racism or or uh making someone feel feel unwelcome or being hostile when it comes to the happiness of your son or daughter is usually not to do with the actual tools that are being used like race like color like religion it's usually that the actual environment itself is unhealthy the family environment is healthy because when you strip away all of those identifiers actually what's happening is someone's not being heard and someone's making a decision for someone else and so in my family, even though we had lots of intentional dialogue, so for example, when my brother's partner was t- uh, first introduced to my grandma, even though there were no red flags for me, as as the elder sibling, I spoke to my mum and I said, mum, when we're taking Musu into our family, if some, someone does say something, we have to make sure that we're on Musu's side. We've got to make sure that regardless, she knows that our our primary family unit is also her family unit. Mm. And the the idealistic approach is to say, oh, no one's going to say anything. But actually, someone could, out for many reasons, because people's anxieties and discomfort someone comes out will. in so many ways. Well, yeah. it's just that the possibility is that someone will, right? And yeah. if there's a possibility, then how do we safeguard and protect our community? And when I say community, I mean the people that are like-minded. And so... Even on the day of the wedding, um, I think my mum's solidarity and fearlessness really contributed to keeping those uncles and aunties at bay. And I'm speaking from the South Asian (laughs) side, right? So because anyone basically that didn't like it had the option to leave. And that was the main thing. And I think a lot of that messaging came across with my mum's just 
her over like her overjoy really i think mm. one of my uncles did say something but luckily he was standing next to another uncle and the other uncle said well why would you even say anything look at your sister she is so happy that her son is happy that's the only thing we need to focus on today um mm. and um i will say that it was easier for us to navigate because my brother's wife comes from a muslim family and i think the main thing here was religion not race right, right. um so it helped so yeah i mean it, it for me i came away and i always look back at that time like wow like my family really are open even if they don't know the information they really want to learn and be respectful and that's the main thing and um yeah i'm really pr i'm really proud of the older gen to be honest my mum and my stepdad and all of our uncles and aunties and it's really motivating <laughs> your mom's a g your mom's your mom's in the in the blending project comments sometimes we haven't like had a we we we've been in the <laughs> we've dm'd a little bit and stuff like that you know oh, but I love um that. What, but she's just so mom, yeah i love <laughs> My mum stays in the DMs, like she loves it. Mom's, and, you know, a big yeah. part of that was that she was able, we lived in Zambia, so she was able yeah. to, br like, bring this experience of London Hackney, but then also being able to interact with the indigenous people and the native people in yeah. Zambia. And in Zambia is where we felt the most tension, where I witnessed the most tension, because mm. the South Asian community there were living amongst, but not with the Zambian people. Mm. Um, and that might be changed now, but when I was growing up, there was definitely, we went to a separate school. We only interacted with people in passing, with Zambia people mm. in passing. Um, and my dad shows was a how really much big work player in that. Show much how much work your mum's done, right? Like even with, with the, those so experiences, much. she's moved forward and, and you have that beautiful family unit. So, um, yeah, man, props to your family, man. But just to wow. that, to, to a couple of points that you made there, um, like I, I, I think it's really important that you know we do create spaces by which it's okay for us to be um, dancing, drinking, conversating, mm. you know, just speaking together, you know, mm. which I think is one of the the reasons why the Blending Project was was obviously created. Right, mm. that there aren't a lot of these spaces, and and regardless of it's Zambia or. Um, you know, the UK or London or wherever, like, you know, it's still, there still are times by which we are very isolated um, and, and try to keep to our own communities. Yeah. I think you make such a good point here in connecting not only through pain and trauma, but connecting through joy and celebration. And th that building that rapport, I think, helps when we're in uncomfortable situations. It's, it also adds the, a human approach, you know, to mm. each other. So, yeah. what about Aaron? Moving... What about if if oh. you don't? Yeah. Sorry, what? Yeah, yeah, go for it. No, no, you there, Aaron? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm here, man. I'm so, absorbing. I'm listening. Your your experience then? What was your yeah. what was your family saying? What were your friends saying about your relation? Your um, your interracial relationship? Interracial, yeah. You know what? It takes me that it's been a long time. So I think when I first dated was second year of uni and like we we brought this up on a previous episode i think it was uh interracial relationships but um yeah my community um was primarily um afro-caribbean so all my friends you know we 
Okay. I grew up playing basketball, listening to hip hop and garage. So yeah, most of my friends in uni at the time were from the black community. Um, and I, I don't remember being scared to introduce, uh, my partner at the time to my family and i think is that was because ruben actually had done a bit of the heavy yeah. lifting um <laughs> ruben had, no no it's true though yeah, ruben had I, made I had all the scars man ruben no yeah 100 percent. and you know maybe i wasn't aware of that but that was probably definitely a reason why i felt um <clears throat> excuse me more comfortable and safer um i think yeah but there was definitely this kind of idea of like not like they didn't take it seriously, but I think, um, gotcha. Yeah. They, like, they never had asked us about like marriage and things like that. Um, we weren't living in the same household or anything. So, so yeah. you weren't in that position by which your parents expected you, sorry, you weren't in the situation by which the person you introduced to your parents, they, they, they were going to think that you were going to marry them. Yeah, I don't. They just, they just avoided the question, and then and then it kind of yeah. it, it evolved into a, a a long distance relationship. So we were between San Francisco. She had a job out in San Francisco, and then, <clears throat> but you know what? On the flip side, I think I'd, I'm thinking there may have been one or two conversations with her parents. Um, she was from Grenada, um, and then even that, to be honest, like when I started to um, meet and, and learn a little bit more about her family, I realized there was um, an element of a South Asian mix there. I think some of her, her family were from Trinidad gotcha. and Grenada. Um, and so, yeah, but it was, it never got to that stage. And then, you know, after the long distance, it, it kind of it didn't work out. So, but yeah, I didn't. I, I was never in a space of of fear. And and between us, we at that point, we yeah, we had kind of like you know discussed marriage and, and and like all couples, you kind of like oh, what are kids gonna look like? And it was always from a place of of joy, actually, rather than what are the boundaries and how are we gonna figure this out. But that was just that was just my experience. But something that we were always fascinated about were was that we didn't really see that many uh, couples like us. Because even in the in the university, I think. I think we, yeah, from from our university, and I went to Kingston, which was a huge Black and Asian um, <clears throat> uh, community in terms of like pupils and people that attended. I think we were literally the only mixed couple, um, gotcha. which was wild. So to think about it back then, and I think it's definitely changed now. Mm. I, I've got uh, two two points to make there. Firstly, um, you said it didn't work out, and I'd yeah. push back and say your relationship did work out it ended when it needed to end it yeah it was a beautiful relationship yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no i just like to question the certain language that we use because i just think sometimes it could lead to like quite negative narratives around something that was beautiful you know um and sure. and secondly i would say so to kind of build into the answer there jonah my dad said to me my first relationship right my first girlfriend was actually south asian she was malayali um, and I was in college at the time, sixth form. And I mm. brought this up to my parents. Like, I'm in a relationship. And they refused to admit it. I think <laughs> I've said this on a previous episode. They, yeah. they refused to acknowledge the fact that I was in a relationship. So they would say, ah, oh, how's your... So I was with this girl for five years, you know, <laughs> five years. And my parents would be like, once in a while, when they bring, bring her up, which was so seldom, they would say, how's your friend? They would never yeah. say your girlfriend or your partner. They just didn't yeah. take it seriously. Right. And then I left 
the then then the relationship ended naturally after like five years and then I got with a West Indian girl and then I said look here's I've got my um I'm I'm with someone else now West Indian girlfriend um this is her name etc they're like oh but how's your the the, the Indian girlfriend all oh. of a sudden yeah <laughs> now that I've got a West Indian girl the the Indian one was more pref- preferable and <laughs> they mm. they use the word girlfriend which was quite funny. Anyway, I got into this conversation with them about it. We've worked through it all, and I understand where all of that stuff come from um, now. But I remember my dad telling me at the time, I said to him when I was older, I was like, why didn't you ever take my first girlfriend seriously or any of my girlfriends? Why have you not asked me about them or anything? And my, what my dad said to me is that he said, unless you're going to come to me with a conversation about marriage, mm. I'm not. I don't know if it was interested or I'm not taking it seriously, but he just said it. He just alluded to the idea that it's not serious to him unless it's marriage. So just go and do your go and live. But your do you, life. do you think he me- means like it's not not serious, like he doesn't take it seriously, but like just from a father perspective, he's le- he, he understands that maybe people, you know, his kids are going to have relationships and yeah. ups and downs, and he's letting he, he's leaving you to to have that space rather than yeah i think this is a stupid idea type of thing and it's not serious yeah yeah like, no no how you're how right do, how do you you're feel? right definitely yeah. afford him the grace there yeah but but although i must say that aaron as we've got older i think it's he's become more like that he's become more compassionate to the mm, journey mm. that we go through as he's yeah. as he's got older to be honest um whereas at the beginning i just think he was a little bit um binary with it all mm. yeah also, Jonah, I'm I'm mindful of time because I know you've got a couple of other things going on and, and you it's potentially right. need to shoot. How are you doing? I'm all right. I'm good. I'm good. You're good? Okay. Um, I think before we go, I'd like to ask um, one last question to Jonah. Um, and the question is, how can we as a South Asian community continue to support the black community moving forward when we're thinking about interracial relationships? Great question. Yeah, I think um, having that that energy that you described in your um, uh, from the wedding um, when you talked about your mother and and how she mm. was, um, and I don't even think it's um, I don't even think it's uh, we say relationships, which I think my mind automatically shifts to um, like boyfriend girlfriend relationships, but even platonic relationships. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think. Mm-hmm. It's having that type of energy. Um, similarly, from the black community as well, too, I think it's it, it's us having that type of energy, you know, um, and, and that type of um, almost we're in it together, really, you know, and yeah. Yeah. we are fighting for each other, really, you know what I mean? And we're sticking up for each other and, and we want to see each other succeed, you know, as, as collective groups, right? Hmm. That's me, because I, because when you, when you explain that energy, right, like I felt it, you know, I, it yeah, was like, yeah. look, I'm standing up for this person. This person's either my friend, they're my boyfriend, they're my girlfriend. Like you aren't mm. going to say anything. If you do say something, we're going to say something back to you. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah we don't, we having don't. That corner in it, yeah, and knowing that that it really is protected is so important. Mm. Yeah, because the thing is, like, bullshit is going to come your way no matter what. But what makes, like, the world of a difference is knowing that you're not alone. And knowing 100%. that you've got people with you. Yeah. Uh, and as separate cultures, they're both we're, we're both up against a lot of shit anyway. 
you know, <laughs> separately in this world that we live in. So why can we not navigate some of this stuff a little bit clearer together? It's crazy. I mean, it's it's lovely. it's crazy. It's it, it's really crazy. Um, I mean, we talked about the joy and, and the happiness and stuff, you know, at the Blending Project. But I mean, there, it, it's weird. It's weird energy sometimes. There are people, some people who are following it, just waiting for the opportunity to be oh, able to. Of course. To, they are. And I know this is the this, I know this is the internet, um, which is a beast in itself. Trolls. But there's some people who are actually hanging out there, just waiting for the opportunity to be able to to jump over something it's like well why are you actually here in the first place um even mm. participating or, or just viewing all of this stuff but um you know s scarily enough i think that that translates to real life right yep mm. yeah yeah I, yeah yeah whenever that happens i always tell that person i'm like just go and be happy you know like you don't <laughs> yeah. have to choose oh, stress. You. <laughs> you're, yeah you're you. choosing stress you're choosing yeah. stress it's too much <laughs> Yeah, do you know that's a lot of their traumas playing out, you know, and people just let that shit out in whatever way they 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 can. And also, a lot of these trolls, they literally just want to be seen and heard. So it's coming from another place of pain, which is another uh, compassionate way to look at it. But at, at the same time, also fucking irritating. <laughs> I, I totally yeah. hear yeah, you. you know? And, and yeah. you know what, Jonah? When you when you're in these intersections and you're you're creating new things in society, I'm sure you know it's gonna come with tension. It's just testament to the fact that you're doing work that needs to be done. Because stuff like this isn't isn't an easy slog whatsoever, you know? No, that's Going a great against point. the but grain in any sort of way. Hats that's off a great to point. you, man. And the whole no, team thank you, man. and everyone thank you. I think, Well, I think, t to be fair, I think, I think everyone, on this, everyone on this call is trying to do similar things, right? Mm -hmm. I, I mean, we're all trying to, you know what I mean? We're all trying to, to do it for our, I don't know. It's almost like we, be, we, we belong to, to many different communities, right? We're trying to yeah, uh, increase yeah. visibility or representation for those w in whatever space that we're in. So, mm. um, and, and that's what actually will allows the work to stick out, right? 100. And it even seems like what connects all of us and what we do individually, collectively as a trio and in you as with Blindian Project is it's all led just by love and connection. Mm. That's, what, that's where my brain's going. That transcends everything. Humanity, love and connect, connection. How can we get along? better within the socialization and cultures that we exist in let's just crack on you know yeah um, we are it. cracking on jonah yeah, just man. before just before um we leave you just uh let us know what what have you guys got planned for blindian project moving forward and yeah. uh, where where can people connect with you and the project and 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 find you and maybe even potentially get involved like let us know yeah, so um, so yeah, literally in like the last day or so, there was. Do you know um, South Asians for Black Lives? Yep. Yeah. 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 So we we just literally um, took them. I don't want to say took them over, but we just kind of um, added them to to our work. So we, we basically have taken over their oh, amazing their socials. Um, so oh, um, like I, I spoke before about um, feeling you know it being a lonely space and not a lot of people doing this work. So um, that's amazing in the sense that it, you know, kind of doubles or kind of triples our footprint over existing, sorry, over similar areas. So the sure. areas where our concentration of, of community is London, uh, New York, Toronto, L.A., Chicago, places like that. So um, we are in a position now that, you know, world's opening back up. We we want to get to like live events and um, yeah. create yeah, yeah. spaces. By which <laughs> we, we cannot can, wait um, to be there, mate. 
Yeah, <laughs> creating these spaces by which we can um, interact, um, you know, and have fun. You know, mm. listen to music. You know, be it music, be it, um, be it like uh, I don't want to call it mixers, but you know, just just connecting together, right? Yeah. Music, mm, food, yeah. dance, etc. So um, we're, we're very close and hoping <laughs> to have our first event before the um, before the end of the before the end of this year. Good luck with it, man. Thank you. No doubt. Thank it's you. been an absolute pleasure having yeah, you on. Really no, thank you. So thank you for having me. For thank time. you for having me. Nice to connect and, and actually speak with you guys, um, yes. guys and gals, for the for the first time. So um, let's stay connected. Yeah. 100%. And I've just ordered my copy of um, um, Yeah, literally yeah. like on oh, Amazon as we were on the call because I'm so yeah. looking forward to reading these stories. Tell me what you so think. So thank you. I will. I will. I think it arrives tomorrow. So I'm very excited. <laughs> um, so yes, if you if you also want to read some more stories um, from Jonah's collective community, then please do at, well, find it on your on your normal like where place you buy your books. Right. I don't want to promote anything, but mm. find it um, <laughs> link in bio, especially on the Bindian Project on Correct. Instagram. And the, the title Correct. of the book is When We See Ourselves. Correct. Cool. Thank you so much, Jonah. It's been such Thank a pleasure. You, so insightful. Thank you. Thank you. Take Appreciate care. it. See you soon. Take care. Right. Right. Take care. Cheers. Bye bye. Bye bye. What is this behavior? Jonah, thank you for your effort, patience, and space that you offer to Black and Brown Love, as well as spending time with us here on the pod. To the What Is This Behavior fam listening, I hope you found our chat of value, and there's still so much to be done to teach ourselves and our communities about our shared heritage and mutual respect for one another. We're all on a learning journey and the more we exchange stories and our experiences, the better chance we have of learning compassion. We're on episode 57 now, so if you've just joined in on the conversation, listen back to our earlier episodes and find us on IG at What Is This Behaviour Podcast, Twitter at WITB underscore podcast, and that's the same on TikTok as well at WITB underscore podcast. If you like what you hear and you can donate to help keep our podcast going, you can access our Kofi profile on whatisthisbehaviorpodcast.com and give us a rating on Apple Podcasts as well. It helps push the ting, you know? Until our next episode in two weeks' time, stay blessed, stay active, and thank you for joining Aaron, Ruben, and myself, Almas Badat, as we explore our South Asian identities through conversation and community. It's all love, man. Stay blessed. What is this behavior? Do you want it? You're dying for it!